time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. The carcass of a goat, a dead finger, a few bits of broken glass and stone, and Mr. Alan Richards, a modern man of a modern age, hating with all his heart something in which he cannot believe, and preparing, although he doesn't know it, to take the longest walk of his life, right down to the center of the Twilight Zone. Episode number 77 of the Twilight Zone was The Jungle. And uh, Sean, I'm... I'm I, I kind of had, I, I wouldn't say I had mixed feelings on this one. I mean, it was, it was, it was okay. Uh, definitely not uh, going to be on my, 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 you know, list of uh, top episodes. I, I feel like when I was younger, though, I had no idea what this episode was about. Yeah, we're, we're entering a stretch of two, <clears throat> this one and the next episode, Once Upon a Time. Um, I don't, I straight up don't remember these episodes at all. Yeah, um, I, I definitely remember seeing it like in the, in the barrage of, um, you know, like episodes that I would have seen like after Cubs games when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I definitely remember seeing it, but like, I, I, I think I remember him just like randomly being chased by a tiger that nobody else could see or something like that. Like I, I, I don't remember any of the, uh, any of the, the rest of the story at all. So it's was, it was almost like I was seeing this for the first time. <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. Let's say this is the first time I've seen it. Cause who knows if I've seen it before. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, um, yeah, I didn't understand. I know it's the twilight zone. It's fiction, whatever, but it was just funny when like, you know, just, just the lion made me laugh and I don't understand how the lion got there. I, I don't either. Uh, so, so there's a lot, there, there's a lot to unpack here. So <laughs> First of all, so, so we've got uh, Alan Richards, who I can't remember uh, what the actor's name was, but uh, I believe he was Templeton in the in the Trouble with Templeton. Uh, oh yeah, and, you're right. Yeah, I, I I do know I do know that he's he's been in other Twilight Zones, but I, I believe yeah. that's that's the one I I remember him from uh, fairly recently. Uh, so he's talking with his wife, and um, so so she's really worried about something uh, happening to uh to him so she has a bunch of uh of good luck charms one of which is a finger which, which <laughs> is it's really weird because it, it looks like it, it looks incredibly fake but at the same time you're like, oh, wow, super fake. we got a, a a severed finger there in the in the early 1960s that's edgy so that scene is that's like the cold open and before we know who these people are what's going on etc and it just made me laugh when he's like finger uh you know a horn of some sort and a death stone I'm like how does this guy know what, a, what that is what, what a death stone is <laughs> yeah that, that does, i've never even heard of a death stone so i don't I even know what, it know what it looks like and there's is it supposed to kill it? you, or does it kill somebody else? Does it keep you from dying? Do you I like squeeze it and it. like make a wish? I I, I don't know. Um, I think the whole the whole episode is pretty poorly executed. I don't understand the message at all. <laughs> I I don't either. So so they having this this discussion. So basically, they had been in Africa at one point. They they're kind of hazy on the details there. Uh, but but Alan Richards, which is uh. uh dynamite 
fake generic Twilight Zone name. Perfect. Alan Perfect. Richards, Alan Richards. Probably not even Twilight Zone, just like early 1960s, um, you know, just generic name. It yeah. is the, the 555 telephone number of its day. <laughs> Alan Richards. You- you know what's funny? There's actually a Mr. Templeton in this. One of his coworkers, I think, is Mr. Templeton. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even catch that. That that is uh, that is interesting. Uh, so and here's what I don't get. So they're they're in the house, and and you know he's he's discussing all of her good luck charms, and he's basically <laughs> saying, "Boy, you're such a moron for having all these things." <laughs> and so so first of all, he. He, um, you know, so he like throws them all in the fire and they, they disappear, I, th- I think. And uh, yeah. then he opens the door to leave and there's a dead goat right there. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure what I, I'm not sure what the, the dead goat is supposed to mean. Is it supposed to be a warning? Does it did, did somebody drop it off? What What is the story with the dead goat? Although I will say like this is. You know, Twilight Zone asking the big questions in life in the universe. And at one point, uh, uh, Alan Richards is talking to uh, one of his uh, cohorts. It might have been Templeton. I don't know. Uh, who said, uh, and, and he asks, where can you get a goat on an hour's notice? And I, <laughs> I think that's a question we've all asked at one point in our lives. Every day of my life. Um, the uh, It'd be funny if there was like a deleted scene that explained it, like they live next to a zoo that was like poorly managed or something like that. And the goat got out. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, it, it's sort of hard to tell with, uh, you know, the black and white and everything, but I think it was supposed to be a bloody goat. Yeah. I think so too. And, and not um, like, in the, not like in the British sense, it's a bloody goat. No, it was a, goat <laughs> that was bloody. uh, yeah. So, so that's there. And, and they basically just sort of, he basically just just walks by. It. I think they cut to a commercial at that point. Yeah, they, they do. They never addressed the goat. At least on Hulu, they did. No, uh, and, and I have the you know I have uh, uh, these you know like special DVD edition. Yeah. So um, you know, even the the uncut version didn't have any sort of <laughs> sort of backstory or, or explanation of the goat. It was just there. Just there. I, I guess it was supposed to signify bad luck or something. So, so he's he's talking to his wife about this and like you know belittling her her superstitions, and then he goes to the, uh, to, the to the meeting about building this dam, which is apparently the the root of all the shenanigans. Is they want his his company wants to build a dam in in Africa, and that's where people are mad at him. About so it. this is the first thing that <clears throat> that confused not confused me, but just didn't like connect because they're building a dam which even uh, uh alan richard says you know himself that you know they they resent us they resent what we're what they're what we're doing even though they'll eventually benefit from this um obviously they're probably like you know getting energy and selling that energy from the dam but like they're, they're also probably providing energy to people who live there so i don't know it, w- it would have made a lot more sense if they were just there was more like nefarious like non-ecologically uh uh you know protective uh methods behind their madness what they're well, doing well, that's over one there. of the that's one of the things that struck me you know again watching this for the first time in a very long time when i remember watching it before i remember I expected him to be like a trophy hunter or something. Yeah. yeah. And like, I just remember him like, like 
being a bad guy and he him getting his comeuppance when really he's just kind of there and ends up being the victim of a curse. And so that's and that's kind of the the main thing that that confused me about the entire episode because not only is like the you know it would have been kind of more direct if they were like bulldozing a jungle and taking all like the timber and rubber and you know, rubber trees and like you know taking them back to to the states for profit but like I don't know what the message is here because when he's talking to his coworkers in, in that conference table, he's like, you know, well, you have a rabbit's foot and that's just as dumb as, you know, my wife having, you know, a, a human finger. Um, but like, so I don't understand if he, he, he's respecting the, the, the villagers that they're, that they're chasing off their land or if he's being disrespectful to their customs and beliefs. And ultimately that's what gets him in the end. Yeah, that, that's also what confused me because, like, he clearly with his wife, he clearly is like, "Boy, you're a moron for me." <laughs> and then he comes in and he's like, you know, as soon as anybody says, "Oh, look at these savages," he's like, "Oh, oh, really? You know, you you believe just as much stupid stuff as they do?" Temple. Yeah, it's um, it's really weird. And I thought I, one one of the uh, the high points though of the episode, um, if if we can find one, is they showed remarkable restraint, not making Doris his wife too hysterical in like perfect uh, Twilight Zone fashion. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, we never see her again after you know their <laughs> initial meeting, but she she's actually like fairly calm. She basically just says, "Yeah, you're gonna die." <laughs> and, then, and then he leaves stepping over the bloody goat in the hallway and um uh we, we never see her again because so he's getting chased by like invisible animals throughout new york city and, and he's got he, there's like sort of this um sort of this uh a field of dreams uh scenario where uh you know uh ray kinsella you know, just turns around and he's back in like 1972. And yeah. There's absolutely nobody in Chisholm, Minnesota. It's exactly <laughs> the sort of thing where he like he like turns and suddenly nobody's in uh, New York City, Incl- including at one point. So he's clearly freaked out, and like uh, a homeless guy, presumably homeless guy. I mean, we yeah. don't get the backstory. He was presumably he's homeless. I don't want to judge anybody. Um, it's a fashion you know, choice. Walks up to him and and you know he tries to pay him like ten dollars. To just walk with them, which, by the way, I, I'm not homeless, but if somebody offered me $10 to walk with them, I, I'd go ahead and walk with them. I, I'd have no problem doing with that. I'd That's a great way to make some walking around money. Yeah. I mean, that, that might be a, a like a, an eighth side hustle for me to consider, uh, you know, <laughs> in the future's just, just randomly offering to walk with strangers. For I just imagine you down on your luck, like on, on, on a street corner, like, hey, man. You got $10, I'll walk with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why, why not? At least, at least you're offering, offering them something. Come on, Keith, he needs tickets to a Cubs game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's, a, that, that, that's definitely something to consider. <laughs> but but there's a, I, I, I think you could almost call it a Twilight Zone trope where um, like someone is going through something and they like grab onto the nearest stranger they can find and just instantly yeah. the stranger knows that they're crazy and doesn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> even in this case, even though the guy is offering to pay the homeless guy, he still wants nothing to do with him because he can he can tell that he's crazy. I forget which episode it was, but the the guy who like panic uh panicked uh ran out of his apartment building and kept just like clutching to to every building on the street. 
that oh, it reminded that was, me of that scene. Uh, it was perchance to dream. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know how you remember all this. <laughs> he was, he was, it, that's why because he was like it was, it was just weird that he was just randomly sort of clutching to buildings and i guess that yeah. was the way of of like it you know non-verbal communication telling us he was in <laughs> just grabbing onto building um you know now that you mentioned perchance to dream is uh and then you know in a couple of weeks we have a quality of mercy coming up right yes. um i wonder how many i wonder if those are the only two like Shakespeare inspired titles uh, that uh, episodes of the twilight zone. Oh, that's something we'll have to look up when we get to equality of mercy. That's, yeah. uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, and there's so think of off the top of my head, probe nine over and out. That's definitely not Shakespeare. <laughs> I think that was in the midsummer night's dream. It, it, it might've been. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so anyway, he's, um, you know, he, he's walking through New York and here's another thing that, again, I don't know if there was another episode of the episode that had like a similar thing with somebody running from animals or something. I remembered him getting like chased down and eaten in the street. In this episode? Yeah, that's actually not what. Uh, yeah. Whew. He, um, uh, yeah, I guess we don't find out what happens to him, but I guess we can guess. Uh, so he he makes it through, you know, the the jungle, if you will. Uh, and and makes it home, but Doris is nowhere to be found. Except he he like hears something in the bedroom, opens the door, and there's a lion in his bed. Which yeah. who amongst us hasn't had a Saturday night that ended like that? <laughs> it was like I, I I imagine that's the inspiration for the uh, for the Hangover. Uh, oh when, yeah, uh... definitely. <laughs> I mean the parallels are there. Was was his wife in the bed? Was his wife mauled or? Was she just gone? No, she was just gone. Okay. So, so we never we never see her again because you know he he tries to call, but the, the the payphone doesn't work. You know, as he's being chased, he tries yeah. to call, tries to call somebody. I would assume it was his wife. Uh, yeah. If I thought I was being chased by random wild animals, I would I would call my wife. She'd be my first phone call. So I, I assume it was it was his. <laughs> um, and uh, she, you know, he's he's unable to make that call. So he. So as far as I know, I, I don't think he talks to her again. Yeah, it was it was hard to see, I think, in that episode, because in the same way, like it was tough to see if there was blood on that goat. Like there was there's something like on the left of the bed that I didn't know if that was like her head or something like that. But either way, yeah, that I'm not sure but, if um, if the witch doctor curse would have extended to her. True. Uh, or just him, because the, the way she so calmly just said, basically just said, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die. We left. Uh, I would assume she didn't seem too worried about it. She, she seemed worried for him. Not, you know, not, not for herself. Like she, she had probably already checked their life insurance and, and made sure that she was going to be okay. Uh, yeah. After whatever happened to him, happened to him. Uh, so we see the lion leap off the bed and then that's it. So you're, you're right in that we don't, we don't like explicitly know that he got eaten by a lion, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Can, can you imagine what that obituary would be like? You know, uh, <laughs> uh, international engineer eaten by lion in his apartment. <laughs> Again, like, I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, would the lion, would they know it was a lion? Would the lion disappear after his mission was done? Or would it just like, kind of have squatter's rights in his apartment. 
Well, I mean, for one thing, I think it'd be really tough to wrangle that lion and get it out of his apartment. <laughs> the lion's just living there, man. He's ordering gazelle on DoorDash. Like, he's fine. Just leave <laughs> yeah, him alone. I mean, you know, you think about it, it wouldn't, uh, you know, it's presumably a lion from Africa. So if you walk in with, like, the little stool and a whip, it's not going <laughs> to know that it should be afraid of those things. Yeah. Uh, it's probably just going to jump after you and kill you. Um, well, it would be really tough to get that lion out of the apartment. I think that you're, you're right. That apartment belongs to the lion now. It's the king of the apartment. It, it lives there now, and the, the neighbors are just going to have to deal with it. I like to think he uh, he found work as the uh, MGM lion. Yeah, that would have been a great career move for him. <laughs> when the rent was due. Some superstitions kept alive by the long night of ignorance have their own special power. You'll hear of it through a jungle grapevine in a remote corner of the Twilight Zone.